Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What up, TCK Potters? I'm your host, Sky Guasco, and this is episode 113 of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. This is a bonus episode discussing different draft strategies based on your draft pick position. In the second half of this episode, I will give some last-minute tips for your final drafts. Shout out to loyal listener and TCK Pod Listener League participant Chad for the suggestion on the topic. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. All right, this is a special bonus episode. Uh, Shout out to the listener that hit me up and was wondering if I could break down kind of position by position throughout the draft, right? And see where and who you might pick up in that time frame. So a lot of analysts bring up, you know, it would be great if you could be one of those top four picks and you get one of the top four running backs, like no shit, that would be amazing. Um, or, you know, it's the worst to be in the middle or nobody likes to be on that 12, 13 turn, or some people do. Um, it's easy to say all those things, but you got to put it in a, into perspective of who you're actually looking at players wise, because Every season, my preference of draft pick and order changes. So some seasons, I do prefer to have a top three or four pick. Um, This year would be one of them. The issue, obviously, is if you have the second pick overall, sure, you have the lot of every single player other than one. However, you don't pick for another, you know, two rounds and – you're missing a huge bulk of the rest of the guys. So maybe you won't like that. Um, Other guys prefer to be in the middle. So you just kind of ride the tempo, ride the waves of the draft and act accordingly. Other people prefer, which I do most of the time, I prefer kind of the back half of the draft, which is the 10, 11, 12 spot where I'm kind of getting a little bit of the leftovers in the first round. But a lot of those guys I really like anyway. And then I'm kind of picking kind of cream of the crop in the second round, which I like a lot. So that's a that's a good opportunity for me to either grab a stud running back that fell and a top tier receiver or two top tier receivers and just act accordingly throughout the draft. So on this episode, I'm going to just break down essentially what I would be looking at with my rankings and what position you may be looking at. So I broke it down into thirds. Okay, so I have the the one, two, three, and four picks as one category, which I'll talk about. Um, five, six, seven, and eight as another category, and then nine, ten, eleven, and twelve. Of course, this is a twelve-team league, so that's how I'm breaking it down. But I'm just going to go through the first ten rounds uh, or so. I'm not going to cover an entire draft because once you get to the end, you're just shooting arrows anyway, and you're grabbing random fucking guys that may not even play. Uh, you know, second, third tight ends and quarterbacks and defenses and all of your settings change at that point. And so it's up in the air, but I'll go through the first 10 rounds of my big board and uh, just going to give you an idea of what players are in those positions um, for each of those uh, kind of areas. And of course you can accommodate depending on, you know, if you're the third pick overall, you listen in tightly to that first through through first through four um, picks, you know, each round. And then if you're the 10th pick, then you can listen to the back half where I covered the nine to the 12th pick and uh, so on. And then after that, I will get into um, just kind of some last minute tips for your final drafts. Uh, I know that 
I'm, I'm releasing this on Labor Day evening. I'm just kind of doing a, a pop-up episode here um, before my League of Record draft. But I know most of you are probably done with your drafts. However, uh, Labor Day is a big day to draft. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, um, getting into before the games on Thursday is another night uh, or two to draft. Of course, we have the Listener League for the TCK pod on Wednesday. So uh, some of you listeners who are in that league could maybe take this um, and and find it useful for that draft yourself. So hopefully this is uh, not not uh, you know too late for you. I will try to get this episode out earlier. Uh, again, shout out to Chad for uh, bringing up this idea um, for me to drop this episode. And uh, I will just try to get this out earlier so y'all can use it um, more to your advantage. So let's get into it here. Um, I'm going to go through the first four picks uh, through the 10 rounds, and then I will double back with the middle four picks and then the end four picks. So if you are the first four picks, stay tuned right now. If you're the middle four picks, fast forward a little bit if you'd like to. And if you're the back uh, four picks, um, feel free to to slice ahead if you want to. This isn't going to be a lot of player analysis. You're not going to miss anything if you're doing that. I'm literally just letting you know who I have in these areas. And if you're in the say, you know, fourth pick overall right now, I have McCaffrey as my fourth overall player. So I would pick maybe McCaffrey and then I'm going to slide down to the back and see what, what does that mean for the second round? Well, in that grouping, I have the first pick of the second round out of the top four. Does that make sense? One, two, three, four in the first round, and then everything goes back 12 to one. So I'm actually getting the first pick, if you will, out of the top four, right? It would be go four, three, two, one, and then one, two, three, four again in the third round on a snake draft. So I'm looking at who am I going to get in the first round? I would get McCaffrey. In my rankings, if I just straight up went off my rankings and every one of these players got picked in order, which of course doesn't happen in drafts, but if it did, then I'm looking at Todd Gurley as my second pick. Okay, the back of the back of the second round, but I have Todd Gurley, okay? So that's kind of how I'm going to go through all this um and uh hopefully it is helpful for you. Again, if you're in a particular um position ranking uh area then you know just skip ahead to the episode and and um let me know what you're feeling i'll uh, i'll break it up for you so you can skip ahead and stuff but um hopefully this is helpful and again chad big up thank you for uh you know letting me know that you needed to hear this and listeners please this is an interactive podcast i try to do the best i can to help y'all out but your feedback is massive i hope you've realized that by then so hit me up with ideas for podcasts and if it makes sense and i have the time to uh, knock them out for you um in the way that i uh, i best know how i'm happy to do that so let's get into it these are the picks one through four and really quickly if i can decide what pick I'm going to have this year, specifically 2019. If I get to choose for some reason, I'm personally going to pick the number five, uh, four, five, or six spot. Um, the reason I'm going to do that is because I'm probably going to fall into one of those top four running backs. If I don't, then I'm definitely going to get one of my top three receivers. And that's how I want to start my team. Secondly, I get on the, on the back half. And when I get into the second round now, again, like I said, I start having kind of that middle, but I start to grab another stud before whoever picked up, let's say, you know, Zeke, Barkley, Kamara, McCaffrey, if those guys are gone off the board, before those players get another pick, I'm able to get a top tier receiver, maybe a David Johnson, maybe Chubb, whoever you got ranked, right? Um, So I'm able to kind of cut them off a little bit and get more value there. 
Um, and then just kind of stay in the middle, but also be at the top of, of uh, every other round. So I like that a lot. But in general, most seasons, I actually prefer kind of that 10 to 12 because, again, I like to be in the back and then start over each round. So like that a lot. Let's get into it. Top four. Um, right now, I'm not going to go through all of my picks, uh, but in general, um, if you're in the top four picks, you're, you're probably going with one of those running backs. Your league settings are going to obviously come into play here and your preference. So I'm not going to tell you who to pick per se. I'm just going to let you know who I have in that certain area. So in the first four picks, I do have the big four running backs, Elliott, Barkley, Kamara, McCaffrey. And then on the back end in the second round, I've got Gurley, Antonio Brown, Keenan Allen, and Fournette. That's the back of the second round. Top of the third round, I'm turning around here, and I've got uh, David Montgomery, Carrion Johnson, and I've got the two top, um, two of the top three tight ends there, uh, Kittle and Ertz. So if I were in the top four this season, I'm going to grab one of those top running backs, depending on my position, and then I'm going to turn around and I'm going to get um, out of the Gurley, Brown, Allen, Fournette area. I'm probably personally going to um, – put my eggs in the Fournette basket. I think all those guys have a lot of question marks, um, but I would just like to have two stud running backs. I know Gurley's amazing, but I'm a little worried about that. Um, I just think uh, Fournette has no competition. Gurley, I think, is going to have his workload cut out a little bit anyway, regardless of his health. And then I'm going to turn around again, and if I get one of those receivers, then I've got Montgomery and carry on Johnson, or I can grab one of those tight ends. Uh, I'm going to go over some draft strategies later on some additional last minute tips. So I'll get into the early tight end thing. So I'm going to save it, but uh, I wouldn't mind getting Kittle here to start the third round. I think that'd be some pretty good value. And then in the fourth round, uh, I'm going to turn around here. And this is a time where depending on how my roster falls and how I feel about the early quarterback, early tight end, I might go ahead and grab an OJ Howard here. Um, if I miss those big three tight ends, which I probably will personally, Howard is the first guy that I'm going to take on that second round. So I might go Howard here. Um, if you're looking at quarterbacks, especially two QB leagues, you definitely need to grab a quarterback by now. Um, and then other, otherwise, you know, in the fifth round here, I'm looking at a, a you know, RB2, wide receiver two. Um, I like Josh Gordon here, Mike Williams, uh, James White, Calvin Ridley, some of those guys. Heading down to the sixth and the seventh rounds, this is where um, you're just trying to, you know, again, starting to get those RB threes, wide receiver threes, some guys down here that I like uh, the most. Um, I'll take a shot on Robbie Anderson here, although I'm not crazy about him. Marvin Jones, I think I have higher than most people, but I really like him a lot. Um, and then there's another chance here to grab one of those middle quarterbacks with a lot of upside, such as maybe a Jameis Winston, uh, Drew Brees, Wilson, Wentz, somebody like that who isn't going to be you know crazy every single week, but they're going to have big games, and by the end of the season, they're going to be real solid with um, steady numbers throughout. Eighth and ninth rounds, um, I'm looking at, uh, again, just kind of padding the receivers and running backs, receivers and running backs, and I'm going to go with um, Marcus Valdez-Scantling is, is the top uh, pick for me here in the eighth round, um, not overall eighth round, just in this section. So I'm in the back of the eighth round with the four, three, two, and one picks heading into the ninth round, one, two, three, and four picks. So I like Marcus Valdez-Scantling here. Um, Trubisky and Lamar Jackson would be two nice quarterbacks I'd like to have in this round. Um, I might reach for those two guys. Um, you probably grab them in like maybe the 10th or 11th round usually. But if I don't have a quarterback yet and my receivers and running backs are pretty set and I've got a stud tight end, I'm probably going to reach for 
Trubisky or Lamar Jackson with that upside. I've got those guys ranked pretty high. Um, they're both uh, in my QB ones, but I just really believe in both of them. And again, I might just scoop one later on just, just in case. And then other than that, I've got a bunch of uh, extra running backs here. Um, I like Royce Freeman in this area. Maybe Mark Andrews if you haven't got a tight end yet. And then in the 10th round, I'm in the back of the 10th round now, and I'm looking at uh, just kind of a wide receiver 4-5, running back 4-5. This is where I start. 10th round is where I start looking at full-on upside. Okay, so this is this is maybe a fourth running, uh, fourth running back, fourth receiver, um, a backup tight end with huge upside. Um, like say if I got, you know, De- uh, Zach Ertz in the second round. I might reach for Dallas Goddard here, which I know sounds crazy potentially, but I might draft Dallas Goddard here just to make sure I get him. He's a handcuff. I think he's got value regardless, but if Ertz goes down, Dallas Goddard's a league winner in the 10th round, right? So this is a this is an opportunity where now I'm starting to really look for just diamonds in the rough, and, and these are guys that um, for the 10th to 15th round, however long it goes, you're really just looking for high upside, durability players, people that have – the opportunity to really shine if somebody were to go down in front of them. So that's kind of the, the one through four picks there Um, again, top running back right away. Another probably top running back or, or a top end receiver in the second, third round, maybe a upper echelon tight end. And then I start getting to maybe OJ Howard, if I missed out. Um, And then I start padding those running backs and receivers all the way through to the ninth, 10th round where I might look for a quarterback, maybe a tight end if I haven't got him there. And then I'm just shooting, uh, shooting darts at that point. Now we can get into the middle rounds. So this is the five to eight rounds. And you're kind of at some point in drafts, you're just kind of dealing with what's left. All right. Of course, you're going to target guys. Of course, you're going to have players that you want. And you know, I have these tips coming up in a little bit, but just one thing is like, don't fucking stress out. (laughs) Like people get really weird sometimes. If I'm like, you know, I've got to have Juju Smith-Schuster. Like I have to fucking have him on my team and I've got him ranked as my second wide receiver and I've got the, the sixth pick. So there's no way he doesn't fall to me. And then somebody picks him, you know, at the five spot and you don't get him. Don't let that ruin your whole draft. It sounds melodramatic and ridiculous, but like it happens. All right. So stay water, as they say. Uh, but basically, what that means is just kind of stay fluid, man. Like you should have a number of guys. If Juju doesn't work out, you should have an immediate plan B, C, and D in that range. That's why everybody talks about having tiers when you draft. It's not necessarily about rankings. Okay. If I have Elliot ranked number one, okay, and someone picks him before I do, and that fucks up my whole draft, then I lose. But if I tell myself that the top four running backs are more or less the same, if Elliott gets picked and I'm happy with Kamara, I can deal with that, okay? It's a different mindset to have, and you're a little more relaxed going through your draft. So stay mellow. (laughs) Don't let other people's drafts affect your draft, okay? Yes, it's a bummer. Yes, you're going to get burned. Yes, you're going to get, you know, the rug pulled out from underneath you. You're going to have your, your handcuffs stolen. You're going to have your late round QB that you've been waiting 12 rounds for that nobody else was going to draft. Somebody will draft that guy. Okay. Just know that shit's going to happen and deal with it. All right. If you draft online, you've only got about 90 seconds to make a move anyway. So don't spend half of that time stressing. All right. You can stress all season after that and make moves. So I'll get back into the fifth to eight rounds here. Now this is just 
kind of a, you know, let's say the the top four guys are gone. That's most drafts, right? Of course, um, you know, settings are different and, and things might change depending on your draft. But in general, the top four running backs go first. So in my rankings, I've got Adams, Julio, uh, Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, New Hopkins, and David Johnson as my next four players. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to look at probably one of those top receivers, okay? Um, love Adams, love Julio, love Nuke as well. I've got Nuke as my third receiver who most people have first, and a lot of that has to do with just a lot of mouths to feed all of a sudden in Houston. Um, he's had a little bit of a, a shoulder spur in the preseason. I think he'll be fine overall, but he's been a little hobbled over the preseason. They brought in Kenny Stills. Will Fuller should be back for at least half the games. Kiki QT's there. Um, they have Duke Johnson, who's a receiving back out of the backfield now. I like the Texans a lot, and Nuke Hopkins is incredible, but he might fall just a little bit. So I've got Adams and Julio ahead of him. So I'll be I would be targeting Adams personally, and then Julio if he were to be taken in these middle rounds. And then if you just need to have that top running back for me, it's David Johnson. I've also got Nick Chubb right behind him. Um, you know, a lot of people like Le'Veon Bell. I'm not crazy about him, but I wouldn't hate on if you pick him, especially in a PPR league. Dalvin Cook, you could take the risk there. So there's a lot you could do in the middle rounds. Um, but for me, if I miss out on the top four running backs, I'm immediately grabbing my number one receiver, whoever that happens to be for yourself. For me, it's Devonte Adams, then Julio Jones, then Nuke Hopkins, but do what you got to do there. So you're in the middle of each round, right? That's the middle of the first round, middle of the second round. I've got Evans, Aaron Jones, Mixon and Connor. And this is, if I've gone a top receiver, I probably don't need to go Evans. Okay. I don't, I'm not anti uh, zero RB. I actually really like it in full PPR. And if you get the right players, then I think that will be awesome. Like if somehow Michael Thomas fell to you in the middle of the second round and you already had, let's say Julio Jones, that is a steal um, in my opinion. And that's a great zero RB method for the middle rounds here. But let's just say he doesn't, you've already got a top receiver. I would try to get one of these middle um, you know, kind of top RB2s that could have RB1 upside, like Jones, Mixon, uh, Connor. You could reach for Gurley, Fournette, whatever. But this is where I would get a running back as well. So I've started receiver, running back. And then in the middle of the third round, I have a bunch of receivers in a row. I've got Cooper, Hilton, Diggs, Woods, and Thielen. So me personally, I'm probably going to go with another receiver unless one of those tight ends falls to me, which just probably isn't going to happen this year. And then in the fourth round, for me, if Aaron Rodgers, I know there's the early, late round QB thing. I'm going to go over that later on. If Aaron Rodgers is available in the fourth round, especially if I'm in the middle to the back of that round, I'm I'm taking him every single time. I will take somebody late in the draft who's got upside just in case he gets hurt or something else like that. But Aaron Rodgers had a down season last year, okay, and he – I'm just, I've been high on him on the podcast. I think he could really explode this year and he's a difference maker there. All right. So I would take him at the fourth, in the fourth round, in the middle rounds there. If you don't get Aaron Rodgers or you're not into the early round quarterback, totally understand. That's fine. There's wide receiver twos, running back twos all over the place here. Uh, Godwin, Lockett, Michelle, um, somebody like that, I think would be a great move there. And then in the fifth round, maybe you skip on uh, Aaron Rodgers and Watson or Mayfield fall to you. I think that'd be another good move there because they both have QB one, two, three upside overall at the end of the season. And then again, you're just pounding that wide receiver um, running back uh, area for you know as long as you can throughout the draft. And then um, in the sixth round, I've got a bunch of running backs. Uh, 
something I've been seeing, which is just insane to me, is that AJ Green, okay, is hurt and he'll miss at least the first three games and and maybe more throughout the season. But when he's on the field, he's going to be, I think, a top ten receiver every single week when he plays, even if that's six eight games. He's falling in the sixth round right now. That's a steal. Okay, he is worth my wide receiver three or a flex. Or if you have three stud running backs and a quarterback and he becomes your uh, wide receiver two on your draft roster, fine. Draft accordingly and get some high upside guys for later on in the draft. But when A.J. Green plays, he's going to be great, and he's falling in the sixth round right now. That's a great steal in the middle to the uh, back of the sixth round because I think people are just completely forgetting about him. Um, and then, uh, you know, a bunch of running backs down in here. And then the seventh round is kind of where I would look for that tight end. If you haven't gotten anybody yet, um, I've got Jared cook down here. Uh, you know, Ingram could fall, probably not, but Ingram could fall. Maybe Hunter Henry could fall down here. Um, Vance McDonald could fall in this area as well. Uh, Ebron, if you still believe in the Colts. So I think the seventh round is a nice time to consider the quarterback, um, if you haven't got one yet, and consider a uh, tight end if you haven't got one yet. If you want to punt the quarterback and tight end all the way through, go ahead and do that. Um, and then just keep, again, just keep smashing uh, the running backs and wide receivers throughout. And in the eighth round, uh, lots of receivers here for me. Um, I've got Goff and Trubisky in my eighth round, but almost everybody else is a receiver. So, um, you know, DJ Moore, Landry, Robinson, Samuel, Allison, DJ's, DJ's, um, Debo Samuel, excuse me, uh, for the 49ers, who I'm just higher on than I think everybody else, but I think the kid's amazing. Um, and then, uh, Marcus Valdez Scantling as well. So a lot of receiving options down here in the eighth round, a lot of, uh, depth, um, late. And then in the ninth round, it kind of changes. And I'm actually finding a lot of uh, value in the running back position, still have starting running backs, not great situations, but still starting running backs in the ninth round. Um, Drake, Adrian Peterson, you know, Geis might fall this far still, who um, just was kind of named the Redskins starting running back. Royce Freeman, who I think uh, could supplant uh, Philip Lindsay eventually. And then uh, Miles Sanders as well. And then you've got some upside uh, wide receivers here, um, too. And then in the tenth round, uh, again, you're just kind of uh, grabbing who who you need um, for running back, receiver, uh, whatever. Um, these tight ends and stuff, I think you're just kind of you'd rather just wait later and grab a super upside rookie or something like that. Um, but you could grab a quarterback here. You could also just start grabbing some of your uh, quote-unquote handcuffs. Um, I like uh, DK Metcalf in this area. Uh, Corey Davis, who I'm not crazy about, but in the 10th round, I mean, that's ridiculous. Um, Anthony Miller as well. Uh, you can grab down here, Terrell, uh, Tyrell Williams, Deshaun Jackson, stuff like that. So that is the middle rounds for um, your drafts. And uh, we have done one through four, five through eight. And now let's get into the um, last three rounds, uh, nine through 12 here. In uh, the first round, again, you're just kind of dealing with what you got. Right now I've got Juju, Beckham, Chubb, Hill. I would be stoked with any of those guys. And then I turn right around and I get Michael Thomas, Cook, Kelsey, Le'Veon Bell, Evans. You could reach for anybody behind them, obviously. Love that group. So if you're in the ninth to 12th round, don't stress. I actually really like it this year. I think you can get, um, you know, 
Chubb and Cook would be a or Chubb and Le'Veon Bell, great combo. Um, Juju and Michael Thomas, Tyreek Hill and Beckham, something like that, great combo. If you want to go receiver, running back, throw Kelsey in there somewhere. I'm stoked with all that, honestly. So that that works out for me really well. In the third and fourth round, again, you're picking back to back, of course, right? Uh, more or less um, with your rounds. You're not going to have many picks in between, so that's another thing to you know make sure you're paying attention to how many picks until your next one. Um, but then I've got I've got Thielen pretty low uh, as far as everybody else does, but I would love him in the back of the third round. And then I've got Carson, Mack, even Mahomes if you're into that. And then Edelman, Cooks, uh, Devonta Freeman, Jacobs, real stoked with the third and fourth rounds as well. I feel feel good about that with some good base, high upside players, and um, comfortable so far in my first four rounds. Fifth and sixth rounds, it starts to get a little more dicey, but these are players that um, you're just hoping work out. Uh, at the tight end position, this is where I would, you know, back of the fifth round, I, in early sixth round, I might secure, you know, Ingram or uh, Hunter Henry. I don't think Howard is going to fall this far, but those are two guys that I'm really liking with huge upside in the fifth or sixth round. That would be nice. And then you can still grab starting receivers and starting running backs in this area. Um, Singletary's skyrocketed up into this area. Uh, you could even, you know, reach and hold on to Melvin Gordon here, who's fallen all the way to the six. And, uh, you know, there's Cooper Cup um, and uh, Latavius Murray, who, again, you know, who the Saints have been a, uh, you know, top two um, running back tandem in fantasy uh, since 2011. So Murray is going to get work and he will outperform his round six ADP. So go get that. Um, you're basically getting a, a secondhand starting running back in the sixth round, which is killer. Seventh, eighth round. Um, here we're, we're looking at more uh, receivers and running backs for the most part. I just mentioned I, there's a bunch of receivers in the eighth round that I have. I just rallied all of them, them off. Um, but it, it, just in case you skipped ahead, that's uh, DJ Moore, Landry Robinson, Curtis Samuel, Allison, MBS, Debo Samuel. So those are kind of some guys I'm looking for in that range. But also Sammy Watkins is in here. Um, Matt Breida, I think, would be a nice scoop in the seventh, eighth round. Uh, and then Carson Wentz, Wilson, Goff, one of those quarterbacks, I think has a lot of upside and good steady weekly play, which would be nice in the middle of rounds. Duke Johnson, all of a sudden, is super relevant. Uh, Darius Geis, who just got named the number uh, the lead back in, in uh, Washington. I like that a lot, too. So a lot of value here in the back of each round. And then again, what I like about the back of the uh, rounds is – you know, if I'm picking in that nine to 12 spot is yes, you can think of it as you're picking last in each round, but don't think of it like that, you know, cause everything's in a pool. So you're, you're sure you're picking in the back of, of say the seventh round, but you're actually picking in the front of the eighth round. Okay. So you have a, a leg up there. Um, a lot of times if I'm on the turn either way with the first, second pick or 11, 12 pick, um, I'll end up picking running back, running back, receiver, receiver, tight end quarterback, running back, running back, stuff like that, where I'll, I'll, I'll team up my positions um, to really get the most value of those guys there. And then I'll skip and I'll do receiver, receiver next round and then running back, running back and stuff, unless I just can't pass on it. But I like some of those moves. And then in your final two rounds, at least here with the ninth and the 10th round, a lot of uh, wide receiver value deep here. So um, I'm going to, I'm going to really scoop up on the top receivers and top running backs early. I don't feel bad about getting an early quarterback or an early tight end because there's a lot of wide receiver value, especially in the middle rounds and then running back value 
late in the uh, later rounds where you're looking for, you know, you're waiting for an injury anyway, so you're not going to play those guys, but there's a lot of guys that have opportunities. So in the back of the ninth round, um, I like James Washington, Mark Andrews, Miles Sanders could fall there. Um, we have uh, Jalen Samuels. If you have Connor, I highly recommend you scoop him up. And I really like um, Gallup here with uh, with um, Amari Cooper a little bit hampered. Uh, unfortunately, he's got a foot issue. So I, I like uh, Michael Gallup a lot. Anthony Miller, love him. Uh, Miko Hardman, Corey Davis, DK Metcalf in the 10th round. And then you start looking at some of those, um, again, just kind of high upside running backs. Maybe Ronald Jones. Um, uh, Darrell Henderson, if you've got uh, Gurley, um, I think you get Malcolm Brown, who I think is actually the handcuff, believe it or not. But you can get Malcolm Brown in like the 14th round right now. So you might as well fucking get all three of them if you got Gurley just to make sure you got that backfield. Um, and then, of course, after that, you can just reach for whomever you choose. But in the ninth and 10th round, I, I still like value overall. Gallup and Miller would be my first couple picks. And then I would go with maybe uh, James Washington, Andrews uh, at tight end. and then. Um, you know, if Royce Freeman were to fall or Miles Sanders falls there, I like that value a lot. So overall, I think as a group, I kind of like the 9 to 12 range, um, to be honest with you. Uh, as a single pick, I would like kind of that, you know, four, five, six area, I think, because this year I want one of those top running backs. Um, and if not, then I'll settle for a, a top receiver. So I hope that was helpful. Um, after the break, I will get into some last minute uh, tips for you to help with your last minute drafts. Hey listeners, let's take a quick break here. If you like what you're hearing and you want to find us outside of the podcast, please like and follow us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore TCK pod, on Twitter at TCK underscore pod, on Facebook at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast, and you could drop us an email at tckpod at gmail.com. And of course, please leave a rate and review for the podcast. It's much appreciated and I do enjoy reading your feedback and it always helps me uh, increase the value of this podcast before we get into the last minute tips for your final drafts here's a quick word from our sponsor anchor stay tuned Hey, TCK Potters, I want to give a shout out to Anchor, which is the podcast avenue we record with to bring you these episodes. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record a podcast? How do I record an episode? How do I get the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast onto all of the apps that people are listening to? And how can I reach as many people as possible for free and make money at the same time from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor's the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you up with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Gaining some revenue from those podcast sponsors is essential to making necessary upgrades to the podcast and your overall brand. I appreciate how user-friendly Anchor is and how we can record our episodes via our computers or over the phone, similar to a voice memo or a phone call, and we can record these episodes, edit them down as needed, upload them, and boom, the episode is ready to launch. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and even make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. One more time, that's anchor.fm 
anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Okay, I wanted to add some last-minute tips for your final drafts. Again, I know most of you are probably done drafting completely, or uh, you know, you may not have a draft between Tuesday, Wednesday uh, before the season. So I somewhat apologize for not um, bringing this up earlier. Uh, once Chad, um, a loyal listener to the podcast, again, big up, man. Thank you for um, reaching out and and uh, pestering me to do this. It's very helpful, um, and I actually learned a lot putting this episode together. But with him letting me know, I think I, I realized the urgency and how important this particular episode actually is. So next year, I've made a note already to get out with this much, much earlier in the summer um, to get you all prepared for this. So I apologize for not having this out earlier, but hopefully this is um, – if not valuable for this particular season, because you may have drafts behind you, hopefully you have some of these things in your mind going into uh, next year. Or um, you can even use for, uh, I know that some leagues uh, redraft halfway through, um, or you might redraft for like a playoff fantasy um, or something like that. You might be able to pertain some of this stuff to a DFS throughout the season, whatever it is. So uh, again, I apologize for the delay on this. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to make this much more featured last year or excuse me, next year. Um, but uh, just doing my best here to knock it out right now. So a couple last-minute um, tips for your drafts. Uh, in no particular order, these are just thoughts that I'm I'm having here. So if you draft an early quarterback, and by early quarterback, I mean, let's say within the first five rounds, and now this is not including two, B, two QB leagues and super flex. If you have two QB and super flex, you best be drafting quarterbacks in the first fucking five rounds or you're you know, going to lose your league. So that doesn't count for this for single quarterback leagues. If you draft an early round quarterback from the fifth, you know, maybe like the third, fourth, fifth round, um, make sure you grab a high upside quarterback later on, like Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Mitch Trubisky, somebody like that, who, you know, even a Sam Darnold, maybe way deep, uh, Dak Prescott, somebody like that, who could potentially, catch stride this year and really start lighting the league on fire every single year people do their rankings it all makes sense when we put it on paper right now because we're going off of last year preseason new movements and all this shit right we all know in four weeks in eight weeks in 12 weeks by the end of the season these things are going to fucking go out the window all right guys are going to spring up um draft boards they're going to fall down draft boards they're going to explode um with hype and talent they're going to fall by the wayside get injured so shit's going to be crazy so make sure that if you grab a high upside quarterback such as Mahomes, Rodgers, um Watson, Baker Mayfield, even Matt Ryan, make sure that you couple that guy with somebody later on. Now, that said, if you have like a five person bench or a four person bench, I have a friend whose league literally doesn't have a bench every single waiver uh, wire is just like two bucks um, throughout the season. So they increase their money pool. So they don't even have a bench. Literally they change it every single week. Um, if you're in something crazy like that, then grabbing a second quarterback is not worth your time. All right. But if you're in a standard kind of six, seven, um, team bench or, or have a second flex and stuff like that, uh, I would highly recommend you do that. And it's not a handcuff thing um, necessarily like the same team, obviously. I don't want to do that. Um, but I do want to grab high upside. You can also play the matchups. I don't think about bye weeks, which I'm going to get to in a second. But once, say I pick, you know, Mahomes, when he's on his bye week, he's not going to play. Sure, I can go to the waiver wire and scoop somebody. But if you play in a real league, 
where everybody fucking knows what they're doing. Every team has two quarterbacks. That's 24 quarterbacks. Best believe you're looking at the 25 to 30th quarterback. Like, I don't want to start, you know, Fitzmagic or Flacco uh, or Daniel Jones on a week um, unless they have a super juicy matchup. And I can't guarantee that's going to happen if I'm playing them just for one week, right? You could probably get by. I'm just saying it's not optimal. I'd rather have a high upside guy to where if they crush, I can start fading in and out. Last year, um, in my league of record, I drafted uh, Rodgers. We're a little bit different on scoring, so I, I drafted Rodgers early. But I think I got him in the third round, fourth latest. But I think it was the third round. And I got Baker Mayfield in the 17th round with my very last pick of the draft. Now, he was the backup. Wasn't even going to play necessarily. But I picked him just in case. Okay, I ended up starting Baker Mayfield in the championship game over Rodgers because of the matchup, and I ended up taking it down. All right, so just have those options. Now, four weeks into the season, Baker Mayfield was picked up in every single league. There's no way in hell I would have been able to get him off the off the waivers at that point, right? So just plan ahead a little bit if you go early quarterback. Likewise for early tight end, if you go with Kelsey, Kittle, Ertz in the first uh, two rounds in the beginning of the, of the third, make sure you get a high upside guy like Hawkinson, Dallas Goddard. If you get Ertz, I highly recommend that handcuff. Um, even a Chris Herndon, who's the Jets tight end, who nobody's talking about right now because he's suspended for four games, but he is going to come back. He is going to be a focal point of that offense. I like him a lot. So you're going to have to sit on him, but I would almost rather draft him, put him at the end of my bench, and let him just sit there for four weeks and have him for sure come week five in case, you know, an Ertz goes down or something like that versus not getting Herndon. And then in week three, my league mates go and scoop him a week early. You know what I'm saying? And, and then I'm draft, you know, I'm playing, uh, I don't know, fucking, you know, Jason Witten or something like that. I don't want to do that. I want high upside guys at the tight end and the quarterback position. You would find floor all over the place. You're not going to win with a floor tight end. I'm telling you right now. You need to find those high upside guys, and you can find a guy like Eric Ebron on the waivers, but you got to get those guys early. Next is one benefit of drafting a quarterback or a tight end in the first four rounds is that you can just basically guarantee yourself a stud running back and a stud receiver in the first two rounds, and then you get a quarterback and a tight end in the third and the fourth round. And then you just pound the running back and wide receiver position the rest of the draft. I do this in mocks all the time just to see how it would be and who who I can end up with. And for example, um, maybe I'll end up with let's just I'm just making shit up, but let's say I go um, like McCaffrey in the first round. Um, I end up with uh, Michael Thomas in the second round. In the third round, I uh, get George Kittle, and in the fourth round, I grab um, Aaron Rodgers, stud running back, stud receiver. Stud tight end, stud quarterback. Okay, I've got one quality position everywhere. I'm going to hammer running back and receiver the entire rest of my draft. And if I have a deep bench, I'm going to grab, um, you know, uh, maybe Trubisky with my with one of my last picks, and I'm going to grab Chris Herndon, who nobody's thinking about right now, as my last pick, just to have some insurance in case shit hits the fan with those guys. But one of the benefits of drafting an early and late round quarterback is that you can just pound running back and receiver the rest of your draft, but you need to make sure that you are paying attention to the runs and everything else with, with uh, who those guys are. So just an idea there. Um, drawbacks, of course, to the early quarterback and tight end is forfeiting the value at the running back and wide receiver position in those early rounds. But I'd make the case that taking a top tight end and or quarterback, either both of them or one of them, can be more valuable depending on how they are. If you end up with Travis Kelsey and you end up with um, 
Aaron Rodgers, and Rodgers is the number one quarterback, and Kelsey's Kelsey, and you already have Kamara and Julio Jones. Like, if those guys stay healthy, you fucking crush your league, right? So just an idea there. Of course, there's so many different ways to, to strategize and run your leagues, but I'm just kind of throwing out some different um, different things at you and uh, seeing what you might be interested in. Um, handcuffs. Only grab handcuffs if you believe in the backfield and the coaching scheme in general. Just because a running back is great doesn't mean that his backup is going to be. So if I have, um, let's say, Joe Mixon, okay? Uh, I love Joe Mixon personally, but the Bungles are hurting, all right? They're already hurting up, up front. A.J. Green's hurt. Andy Dalton's Andy Dalton. New offensive scheme, which should be badass eventually, but we'll see if it happens the first year here. I'm a little concerned about the Bengals in general. Joe Mixon will be fine. But if Joe Mixon goes down, Gio Bernard's the next man up. Gio's been totally fine his entire career as a backup. But he is also pretty much a running back two. Okay? He doesn't have the upside. He can't replace Mixon per se, in my opinion. Whereas, um, let's say, uh, you know, we, we've seen Tony Pollard all preseason playing for uh, Zeke Elliott and looking really good. If Zeke, well, the holdout is over, but if Zeke were to go down, uh, then Tony Pollard can step in and potentially be Zeke more or less behind that offensive line, behind the, the scheme of the offense behind, um, a team that's going to score a lot of rushing touchdowns. So be careful with the handcuffs. Um, a guy like, uh, Leonard Fournette, um, uh, Todd Gurley, of course, um, uh, Dalvin Cook, you know, those kind of guys like you should handcuff with their with their option because they're great running backs, but their backups are really solid and the offensive schemes are really solid as well. But don't just automatically grab, uh, you know, like uh, Aaron Jones, for example, I'm not automatically grabbing Jamal Williams or even Dexter Williams. And if I'm grabbing any, it's Dexter Williams in the you know 15th round. Um, but I'm just not grabbing them automatically because I don't believe in the running backs per se. I believe in Aaron Jones, right, and the scheme, but it's Aaron Rodgers airing out the ball. So I digress, but just be careful with with um, stashing extra, you know, handcuffs. Handcuffs can be extremely valuable, and of course, very very important if shit actually hits the fan and you've got to use somebody. But just be real careful of of who you've got, right, and uh, don't don't waste roster spots with um, with guys who just frankly aren't up to snuff there, and you wouldn't start, you know. You wouldn't start anyway. Don't just fall into that obligation to start them because now you have them on their roster, all right? Uh, wide receiver depth is something that I look to focus on in the middle to late uh, rounds, which I mentioned, but kind of like the early late rounds, so maybe like the 8th to the 12th um, rounds. And I'd rather stock up on wide receivers there and running backs kind of like 13th round on um, because, as I mentioned, when I was breaking down all of the uh, – different draft positions in my opinion with with what i've deemed as my rankings which of course are different than the industry and everybody else but in my rankings i feel comfortable hitting wide receivers and running backs early of course right but we're not talking about that we're talking like middle to the back of the draft i'm going to hit a lot of those receivers in the early middle rounds okay and then i'm going to start throwing darts at receivers later on second third fourth string um running backs have a better chance, although still slim, a better chance of actually making something happen, uh, you know, a la uh, Nick Chubb, um, Alvin Kamara, Devin Singletary, those kind of guys spring up um, 
eventually more often than a fourth receiver. Okay. It just doesn't happen as often. It takes longer for receivers to get that opportunity. So I'd rather get middle tier receivers and then back end uh, running backs. If I'm going to kind of organize who I'm going after there, the friendship strategy. I hear this a lot uh, from my boy, Adam Azer with the CBS um, fantasy football podcast, uh, which are, they're fantastic by the way, check them out. Um, but uh, the friendship strategy, I like a lot, all right? But it has to make sense. That's basically the friendship strategy is essentially multiple players from the same team um, on your roster, okay? Now, multiple players on the same team is fine if you think they can both produce individually, all right? They don't matter that they're teammates so much as they should be a focus to your fantasy team as individuals. So um, let's go with uh, Thielen and Diggs, Juju and Connor. Um, Packers receivers, you know, um, maybe you go with, uh, Tyreek Hill early and then, uh, Kelsey or Tyreek Hill and Mahomes. Okay. I feel comfortable with all those guys and two of them on my team. A couple years ago, I, I actually happened to draft, um, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, and Drew Brees on the saints. All four of them. I drafted just, I found value throughout the draft and this is when Camaro was picked in like the 10th round and Michael Thomas was third or fourth and Ingram was like the sixth and Drew Brees was the eighth. I mean, it was crazy and it just worked out that year. I ended up playing all four of those guys almost every single week and I ended up winning the championship. So very rare, of course, but it does work out. You just need to make sure that those guys are going to be picks for you individually first before you, before you pick them. Also the stack on a quarterback position. So uh, Deshaun Watson, New Hopkins, love it. Rodgers and Adams, um, Mahomes and Hill, right? Uh, those kind of things I I love, right? And I, I want to get those stacks. Uh, Baker and um, Odell Beckham is probably the best kind of value for both those guys you can get. I like those stacks a lot. But again, you just need to make sure that they're going to work for your team and they're going to work as individuals in case one of those guys go down or something. You still want that pairing. That's what you need to make sure. Don't just do it to do it, okay? Defenses and kickers. I know we don't like to talk about them, but they're important, and uh, I want to make sure that I cover these a little bit. If you play defenses, uh, DSTs, and kickers, either wait until your last two picks and just choose who's available, factoring in the week one matchups because you're probably going to end up streaming those teams anyway, or if you draft – if you draft um, a DST and a kicker a round or two early from their ADP. So if you have 15 rounds, the kind of just general rule of thumb is that somebody picks the Bears in the fucking eighth, somebody picks Zerline in the ninth, and then everybody else waits until the end of the draft, right? That's just kind of how home drafts go. A strategy I've been doing for the last couple of years is I play in defense and kicker leagues, right? So I need to get like a good version of both of those. I don't like to stream them unless I have to. Um, for defenses, I'm looking for the overall defense is just fucking animals and they're not led by one guy because if that one guy goes down, the defense is shit. I need to have multiple levels. The D line's good. The linebackers are good. The secondary is good. I want all that. Additionally, I want to make sure that they have a quality schedule as well with kickers. I like to pick kickers on high flying offenses. Obviously I also like to pick kickers that are playing most of their um, season in domes. So Will Lutz, Matt Bryant just got uh, picked up again by the Falcons. Um, I like that a lot, you know, so those kickers who are playing inside more often than not, uh, don't face the elements as much, which helps, um, tremendously with the kicker. So 
if you have 15 rounds, instead of picking just automatically picking a defense in the 14th and a kicker in the 15th and having what's left, I kind of like to just reach one round, you know, don't get crazy, but just one round early and pick a defense in the 13th because I'll have more teams to choose from because everyone else is kind of waiting and then pick a kicker in the 14th, right? A little bit early and you're going to get scoffs and people are going to talk shit in the chat online and stuff. Fuck them, right? The whole thing is if I'm able to get like the Seahawks defense or the Rams defense or, you know, uh, the Browns who have a nice uh, opening schedule or the Ravens who have a nice opening schedule one round early and I don't have to settle for like, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, the Niners or something like that, right? I don't want to have to settle for a defense if I'm going to be playing them for real. And then kickers, likewise, if I'm able to get, you know, one of those top kickers, um, Butker, Lutz, Goskowski, somebody like that, and I just had to go a pick early, I'm stoked on it. I don't want to have to settle for, you know, a, a, a kicker in the in the middle rounds there where, you know, I'm not sure how they're going to end up. Um, and then I can just pick my final pick of the draft is a long shot anyway. So why pick that guy two rounds early instead of getting value on your defense and kickers? Just get your defense and kicker value and then f- pick your last pick later on. So um, I know not a lot of you play defenses or kickers anymore, but I still do. And I know that a lot of people still do. And and fantasy analysts just never fucking cover them because they always just talk shit about it. So I want to cover just a little bit. And that is my strategy. I pick a DST and a kicker two like a round or two before the end of my draft on purpose. And then I just shoot blanks at the very end, you know, uh, pick up a, a second quarterback, a second tight end, um, a fifth, you know, receiver, whatever. I'll get all that shit later on. Cause I'm probably not going to play that guy much anyway. I'd rather get the value at defense and uh kicker, of course. Um, make your last few picks high upside players. So if you're doing that with a defensive kicker, that is what it is. But I would say your last maybe three to four players, depending on your bench. Again, if your bench is five people, then they're all going to be, you know, studs that you're going to look to play. But if you got a seven, eight, nine, ten bench or something like that, the last, you know, three to four, at least uh, excluding your kicker and your defense, figure them out where you need to. But those guys should just be high upside players, right? Make sure that you pick, you know, maybe a standout rookie, uh, a Debo Samuel, who, you know, he's got a lot to trudge through in San Francisco We'll see how they actually turn out. We'll see if Jimmy G can handle it. We'll see if uh, you know Shanahan makes it happen, blah, blah, blah. But if he does, we've seen what he can do, and he's a fucking stud, right? Find one of those guys that you can just sit on, okay? Um, and you just forget about for four, five, six weeks, whatever. And an injury happens. They come out after the bye week. Somebody's feeling hot. Boom. All of a sudden, you get a guy that comes in. And he comes out of nowhere and the rest of the league is like, holy shit, they're rushing to the waiver wire to scoop this dude. And you're like, well, shit, I picked him in the, you know, 15th round and I've just been sitting on him for five weeks. So you're kind of ahead of the game there. Obviously cut bait if nothing's happening or if they get injured too, like, you know, don't waste your spots, but pick a dude with, with upside there, um, which, which could potentially really grow into some, some additional work there. Um, and a huge role if somebody were to go down. The next one is just to to go get your guys, right? Um, it, we all have favorite players and guys that we don't like in fantasy football for whatever reason. I mentioned on the podcast a lot. There's fantasy football players that I don't like, but I actually do like them as NFL players. <laughs> but for fantasy, I don't like them, right? And I don't like them as – I don't dislike them as people and human beings. I just don't like them as fantasy assets and I stay away from them. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo has been – you know, the one for me, I don't like him as a fantasy asset. I know the upside, blah, 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 but he frustrates me. 
I want him to succeed. I'm a 49er fan. I hope he fucking crushes, and I hope he f- makes me eat my words. Absolutely. Don't dislike him as a person at all. I just am kind of avoiding him in fantasy football. So go get your guys. If you have a guy that you want to draft, if you're a big Juju fan and you've got the fourth pick overall, I guarantee you Juju's not falling to you on your second pick. Okay. If you're if Juju's your favorite dude and you think he's going to crush this year, pick Juju in the first round at the fourth pick. Okay. If you want your guy, go get him. Do not count on them being available next way around. It's just not going to happen for the most part. All right. So if you have a guy that you want to have on your team, if your favorite player, you know, is, um, is uh, the Cowboys and you got to have one of the Cowboys and you miss on Zeke and you miss on uh, Amari Cooper and you miss on Dak, make sure you reach maybe a round or two to get Michael Gallup. So you have somebody that you have on your team that you can root for on Sundays legitimately and also uh, via fantasy too. It just makes the game more fun. So make sure you go get your guys for sure. And remember that you don't win your league at the draft. You need to stay vigilant on the waiver wire each week and make trades and monitor your injuries on your team. One of the best things I, I, I saw on, on the fantasy leagues in recent years is the addition of an IR spot. Okay, um, I have some leagues that I play with two IR spots. Some only have one. Most have one at least. Not many don't have any at this point. And that's basically just if I have a guy like uh, AJ Green, okay, who's hurt for the first five uh, – three weeks at least, could be six, could be eight, whatever, but it's AJ Green. I'm just going to put him on the IR spot and just let him rot until he's ready to go. And it doesn't affect my roster, doesn't affect my bench. He just sits there. And once he's active, I'm going to know that and I'll put him in and then I can drop somebody. But the IR spot is is a really, really nice nice uh, addition to the waiver wire, or, or excuse me, the um, roster. So remember, you don't win your league at the draft. You don't just fucking draft and set it and forget it. That is best ball. Best ball is dope as fuck, and if you're not playing, you should. That's what best ball is. You draft one time, and you forget about your team until the end of the season, and you only get credit for your best performances from your players, okay? And then it tallies it up that way. Redraft leagues are not that way. Redraft leagues, you have to start sit guys every single week. Hit the waiver wire every single week. Guys are going to have injuries. You're going to have late scratches. You're going to have positional changes, all sorts of shit. You need to pay attention to those are the people that win leagues. Okay, the people that the teams that stay the healthiest uh, help tremendously. But making a, a trade or two, picking up a waiver wire guy before everyone else gets to him, is huge. Managing your fab, managing your waiver wire pickups, your auctions, whatever kind of league you play, is massive. So make sure you understand that. Tune in on Wednesdays to this podcast. Once the season starts, uh, Lucas and I are going to be um, dropping waiver wire. Uh, weekly waiver wire pickups, and we're also going to be going through start sits for that particular week. So tune in each week there on Wednesdays and you know listen to the rest of the podcast too, please. But Wednesday specifically, I think will be kind of the most valuable for you so that you can get um you can get ready for uh for those guys. And then don't panic if if you have a rough start to your season, right? If you start 0-3 or 0-4, make some moves, stay focused. Get your shit together <laughs> and and go after it. I mean, you generally need about seven to eight wins to make the playoffs in fantasy. We only play 13 weeks in most leagues. If you're playing a week 14 regular season, either like either, you know, tell your league manager that it's not how it's done. Uh, boycott the league. 
put it up for vote, whatever. You should not be playing your championship game in week 17. That is fantasy football rule number one. Don't do that. So you play week one through 13 in the regular season. 14, 15, and 16 are your fantasy playoffs. Week 17 in the NFL is just the end of the fantasy season. We get to kick back, watch a bunch of scrubs play, and get ready for the playoffs. So be careful there. But that being said, you only have 13 games. So if you're seven and six, eight and five, nine and four, you're probably going to make your fantasy team. So if you start 0 and 3, 0 and 4, rally off four or five in a row, right? Like whatever happened could have a re- reverse reaction, right? So for every action, there's a, uh, a reaction. So if you go 0 and 4, you could go 4 and 0. Three years ago, I started, uh, uh, I had a league. Um, where I started 0 and 4. Um, my guys got hurt immediately. I was fucking bumming. <laughs> it was terrible. And I started 0 and 4 and I made a couple of trades. I dropped a few guys that I just cut ties with and, and it hurt my stomach because I really believed in them, but it just didn't work out. But I dropped them, picked up some upstart waiver wire guys, hoping it would work out, swapped out a quarterback, made a trade or two, and went for it. I literally went from 0 and 4 to 9 and 4, made the playoffs, ran the table, won the league. Okay. Um, I'm not saying that at all to brag or be arrogant or anything. It's just as a matter of it happened to work for me. Obviously, I won't guarantee it'll work for you, but I happened to make some moves, make the right trades, readjust my roster, go with what I had now, not what I drafted, but what was in front of me. I was able to run the table at that point and was able to take it down in the end. So do not panic if you go 0 and 3, 0 and 4. Now, 0, 5 and 6 and 7, you might be sweating a little bit more because it's going to be harder to make up ground, but 0 and 3, 0 and 4. Get shit done. Just make a couple of trades. Hit me up. Let's talk about it. Let's see what you can do and, and make moves around your league, and uh, and 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 we'll we'll get you into the playoffs. Here, you just have to make the playoffs. Once you make the playoffs, anything can happen, right? A lot of times in our league of record, guys limp into the playoffs at seven and uh, you know seven and um, six or you know uh, eight and five, and there's teams in there who are twelve and one and you know ten and three, and you have one bad week. And they lose, and then the guy who's seven and six ends up running the table and wins the league. Uh, co-host Daniel on here has done that twice in our league of record, where he's limped into the playoffs as a six seed, ran the table, won the league twice. So stay focused. Two more here. Um, you know, shameless promotion. Just um, you know, listen to this podcast weekly, and please reach out if and when you need advice. Okay, I'm happy to help you and take the time to answer all of your questions as they pertain to your team specifically. That said, I need league settings and I need a roster screenshot when applicable. Okay, um, it's hard to answer questions and start start sit options, waiver pickups, uh, trade questions if I don't know all of your roster and who is available to you. Right. So if you say something like. Should I start, you know, uh, Mixon or Fournette? I mean, you're starting both of them. I guess that's a shitty example, but um, maybe like, uh, you know, Matt Breida or um, LaShawn McCoy. Okay. I'm going to say, well, is that a flex? Is that an RB2? Do you have guys on by? Did somebody on your team get hurt? Uh, do you already have three other stud running backs that I would prefer that you, you, play instead um maybe you have a a great receiver that you should have in a flex and play none of those guys um are you in a standard league are you in a full ppr league 
what's the difference in your league? I need to know that shit because it's really hard for me to just guess unless you give me that. So screenshot it to me, shoot it on Instagram, send me an email, whatever, and let's talk through it. Um, listeners who I've already been in touch with uh, over the last year know that you know I, I, I try to go in depth with your question um, and spend time on that. So please let me know. Give me as much information as possible, and I will help you out best that I possibly can. And last but not least, have fun. All right. Enjoy the season. This is fucking fantasy football. I take it just as serious as all of you guys do. Um, if I lose, I'm an asshole for a day or two. I'm not an asshole. I'm a pretty chill guy, but it bums me out. All right. For a couple of days. Um, and you know, it's disappointing. Uh, I put a lot of work and time and effort in between and behind this. And I, I feel like I have good options. Okay, when I get into my roster and if I get bad beats or Kenyon Drake fucking gets credit for a 75 yard touchdown that he didn't actually uh, accomplish by himself and I get knocked out of the playoffs or Chris Boswell misses two fucking field goals and I get knocked out of the playoffs. I'm pretty bummed. But at the end of the day, it's fantasy football. Okay, hopefully you're not spending your life savings on this shit, but you're going to have money invested. Probably you're going to have a coworker league or a family league. It's pride. Nonetheless, have fun. Go get your guys. Enjoy the season. It always goes by faster than we want it to. Best of luck out there. Enjoy what you got going on. I hope you all have a great, great, great season. Enjoy Thursday night football with the Bears and the Packers. We've got the season coming up on Sunday. I'm so fucking pumped. We're here, y'all. Real stoked. Um, Hit me up, and uh, let's talk about your last-minute drafts, and uh, we will get into it best we can. Um, Let's crush Let's crush, guys. Let's get those hashtag TCK titles. That'll do it for this episode. Thanks again to Chad for the topic. Be sure to email us at tckpod at gmail.com or shoot us a DM on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore tckpod. You can also find us on Twitter at tck underscore pod or on Facebook at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Make sure you check out our website at www.tckpod.com and you can check out all of our waiver wire ads. You can check out our weekly rankings and articles from Lucas. If you've gained any of the value that you needed from this episode please leave a rate and review on the podcast and give us a like and a follow on the social medias. It really does make a difference for us and we much appreciate it. Make the most of the rest of your day and we'll catch you next time on the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Scott Guasco and I am out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.